You have you have to stick some harmonics in when you're playing in open F major nine. Yeah, I mean it's like the old saying, isn't it? <laughs> hey everyone, Nikki here and welcome to the Riff Yard. Today I'm joined as ever by my man, my main man, that is Rodders from Just a Ride. Rod, how you doing, man? I'm good. I should have lifted this hand up. Should have always maybe yeah. both hands next time. Both hands. The, the, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Um, and Am today I? we have <laughs> today we have a very special guest and my good friend, Mr. Billy Joe Clark. Dude, how you doing, man? Yo, how's it going? Good man, good. So basically, a, a quick introduction if those of you who don't know who Mr. Billy Joe is. A man who has just surpassed 38 million streams on Spotify total which is just incredible and possibly the biggest most successful instrumental artist i'm going to say in the uk in the genre so it's an absolute privilege to have him along today we're going to chat about um this interesting genre of instrumental um music and how it works how billy got into it and also how it ties in with spotify as we've said before on riffyard we're big spotify proers we love spotify and um, use it for what it is and understand how it works. And today we're going to talk about that in depth and use Billy's experience as well as mine and Rod's experience and talk all things awesome Spotify. So how did you initially fall right. into the genre of instrumental music? I just kind of fell into it a little bit. Um, I got fired from my job. <laughs> it's just always fun. <laughs> I had quite a bit of time and it was a good summer that year. And yeah, uh, I don't know. I listened to a fair amount of that stuff anyway, just from, I don't know, being a little bit of an anxious person here and there, <laughs> you know, and like yeah. it was kind of, it was almost like therapy for me to just sort of just write some stuff to myself. And then I, you know, after, after getting fired and stuff like that, I had a bit more time, had a bit of had some cheap recording equipment. I was just sitting outside and recording some stuff and that turned into my first single. And um, oh, oh, screw it, I'll release it. And then, uh, yeah, the rest has just been hard work and promo, really. <laughs> but, yeah. was, there, was there anyone who'd kind of talked to you about, like, the concept, you know? Because ultimately, um, you know, it's it's really about kind of playing the game that Spotify wants to play. And, you know, instead, you know, Spotify is ultimately a system or a piece of software that matches music to people's needs. And uh, people often forget, like a, a lot of the time, people's needs. And I have this all the time when I'm working. I just want some something chill just on in the background so I can focus on my work. Um, and, you, you know, you've kind of seen this with artists I think Billie Eilish was was one of the first that was like, you know, I'm going to make music that people can sleep to because ultimately it's the number of streams you get. And you see bigger artists now, um, you know, Metallica, when they relaunched the or sorry, they did the anniversary version of the Black Album. And it's like 400 tracks because it's this idea of, you know, it's about people listening to the tracks and listening to the tracks and, lis and listening to the tracks. So when you kind of went into this, were you doing that from that mindset of, you know, this is a successful genre. This could be a way maybe to begin with to supplement my income or whatever. Or was it like, I'm really into instrumental music and I just want to put it out? Beer money. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, nice. it, was, it was beer money. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'd just been fired. I didn't have much much going on. I was just doing the slog of like looking for jobs and stuff. And yeah, so it turned into like, oh, need some beer money you know so um yeah i saw uh, I, I saw some success stories around the time as well people who have been really lucky to work with myself like um lance allen uh he's amazing incredible guitarist and yeah and like uh, i'm incredible incredible incredibly uh like thankful to sort of be able to work with like people like lance and whatnot and he was i actually got in touch with him when i was starting and he was actually really helpful and yeah so um yeah that helped a lot he gave me a lot of advice when when i started which was really nice but um considering he was up and coming to be like huge at that about he is now but you know like at that time like doing interviews and stuff with cd baby and stuff like that so it was really nice of him to sort of take a little time 
but yeah, so it was, that that helped. That, that always motivates you, I think, when you see people who you've listened to, and it's like, oh, you know, and you connect and network with people, and it's like, oh, everyone wants to help out, and yeah, that's a, that that's part partly why as well, you know. So which is really nice, but you know, I I saw someone describe it recently on Facebook um, as wallpaper music, which I thought was quite, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, like, you know, it's just there in the background, but you know paying my rent you know uh, but like at the same time so and I really enjoy writing it it's uh yeah it's 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 very chill and like um like I said I started writing it uh just because it helped chill me out a little bit you know so it's quite nice to have that you know and that's now my job you know at the moment I'm just riding that train while I can you know it's probably not gonna last forever but you know fingers crossed What's also interesting is that your first instrument, you're a drummer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a... you know you're yeah. a very really successful instrumentalist drummer. Yeah, drumming was my first love. I've been playing like a oh, long time now, since I was 11. And I'm 28 now. So, yeah, long time. Um, but, yeah, started guitar, uh the only reason I started playing guitar was during my GCSEs, just to help me pass my GCSEs. <laughs> that was it. But, and and then write as well. I love writing. I, I'm not a very technical player, drums or or guitar wise. I don't think myself. But like, I'm I consider myself a songwriter. You know, like I just yeah. I love writing. I love composing. Just yeah, and just that creativity, like. I've been in bands and done covers and whatnot, and it's fun, you know. But it's just it's not the same as like playing your own songs and writing. Yeah, I just love that side of it. In terms of like recording, uh, what's what's your kind tell. of setup? Do you do do you do that from home or do you go to a regular studio? So I've got my own studio. I'm very lucky nice. in that sense. Um, and during the pandemic, I just saved up and like kitted it out with. Um, well, <laughs> with like fairly basic equipment, because obviously, as you know, equipment is can be astronomical. Um, <laughs> so, you know, just with some mics, you know, and um, soundproofing and whatnot. Yeah. So I think my interface I use is like just a hundred pound. Like I never know how to pronounce the name. Uh, Ber- Behringer, is it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah, just like four input. Like, yeah, I just use that and ozone mastering and stuff i just yeah but i, I still i can't i love the mixing side of it i am i'm awful with it's that like i procrastinate putting music out sometimes because i'm i'm just i'll write and i'll be like yeah cool that's all done nice oh, i've got to mix it and like <laughs> and then it would take like a month for me to mix it because I'm, I'm awful at mixing <laughs> before putting anything out but yeah so yeah it's just as and when I feel creative, I guess, as well. So, yeah. Is there a window of release time which you think is better than another? Because I know, I remember you said you said to me at one point, you're like, when you reach your optimal is re- re- managing to release music every two weeks. And I was like, <laughs> sounds yeah. nuts. Uh, recent, I, I've tried to be more, um, I've tried to be more organized this year. And, uh, I have got a release pretty much every two weeks until June. Wow. Um, <laughs> now, but uh, yeah, um, uh, I just had a few um, tracks as well, like on my com- on my computer. You know, I was just I'd forgotten about as well, which did help with that. I'm, but I know some people who are really strict with it, and like they just release like some people release every week, and it's like crazy inspiring how they do that. Like, because oh, I can't. Like they release like quality as well. It's not, you know, so like, yeah, I can't do that. But, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've, so I'm, I've got releases up until June now. And then, um, so right now I'm trying to write for the rest of the year <laughs> to release as well. How much of your writing process is influenced by, I guess, sort of the trends in the genre? You know, I notice, um, you know, you've got a lot of, you know, you're on quite a few um, of the editorial playlists and you've run some of your own playlists and then on other kind of creators' playlists as well. And obviously, like with that, there are 
I guess, sort of demands on kind of, you know, what's what's kind of popping at the time? Like, how, how much do you let that affect you? Um, not not too much, really. Um, I, I try and be as creative as possible and try and keep as much integrity in my writing as possible rather than following any trends and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll like I'll, I'll stick some like bluesy licks and here and there and whatnot into into my pieces and whatnot, you know, rather than just trying to keep it purely like ambient or something, you know. I'll I'll like yeah yeah be on like you know all over the A minor pentonic scale, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> about the extent of my technical ability. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so yeah. I don't, I, I yeah, I don't really, yeah, I don't really let it. Um, but at the same time, you know, I do try and keep a lot of space in my tracks, and I think that's very important within the genre to try and make it as spacious as possible. You know, I'll, I'll like do a collaboration, and the first draft will be like all over the place, like soloing over everything, and I'll just have to like cut like loads of bits out and like do it again. You know, like. <laughs> You know, just because you just just use my ears, basically. In short, just and the way I see it is like if I want to listen to this, if I want to listen to this while I'm chilling out, having a beer, or going to sleep, or whatnot, then then it's ready for release. You so when's your what you've you've got a song that you're going to preview with us today? Yeah, uh, it's called Reminisce, um, out on the 14th of April as my next single. inspired this piece um if i'm honest i found came across a tuning on online uh just when i was scrolling through social media one day and i was like oh that sounds really cool i tuned my guitar to it and then the next day um the next day i was thought oh I'll just try and write a tune in, in this tuning i think it was i googled the tuning afterwards because i didn't know like i said my technical abilities like rubbish and my theories a bit crap as well but um it's in open f major nine i think is for tuning (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so um yeah so i just thought i challenged myself and then i thought it sounded really nice and you know had a kind of yeah it's called reminisce and i just felt like i don't know it's it's weird with these like naming these sort of these sort of tracks is is strange because you sort of go like you, I mean technically you could name them, name them anything but you know but then you go ah oh, you know it doesn't really quite fit it you know if you name it like this like and it, it's weird that because there's no lyrics there's nothing to suggest but I just so I, I, I don't know so whenever I do it I, should, I was just like oh it's got a kind of reminiscent feel to it you know I stuck a the artwork for it it's, you know just like a picture I took when I was traveling you know in like death valley or something in america you know and uh, amazing yeah so you know it, it just all fitted you know and yeah i love um, acoustic guitar harmonics so i was i was chuffed with that uh, yeah. you have you have to stick some harmonics in when you're playing in open F major nine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like it's gotta be done. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like the old saying, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. So man. something I something I find really interesting, um, you know, I guess let's let's talk Spotify, but you know, there are so many musicians who I guess just don't get it and they, they they moan and bits and you know they moan about all sorts of things but i don't know something that i've always thought and i feel like you're very much a representation of is it's like what what do you want do you want to make it as a rock star because very few people do that right but you can make it as a musician who earns their living doing what they love and for me spotify is just one of the tools that's around now that wasn't around 20, 30 years ago, you know, yeah. and it's rather than, rather than being adversarial about it, 
embrace it and think about what it is that you know you can you can do with it because i think the opportunity that people have to make their living from music or at the very least to you know supplement what they you know what their interest is is mm. is bigger than ever before oh absolutely and especially with spotify like yeah i think i read something just the other day actually that they have like 48 uh, million monthly listeners all streaming you know which is absolutely nuts if you think about it, you know, and they pay out like 7 billion a year to artists. So exactly. There's a massive, like huge potential for growth there. Cause it's just such a like worldwide platform. So um, yeah, I'm very thankful to uh, for, for like streaming services like Spotify and whatnot. And uh, it's very user friendly as well, which makes promotion um like a lot easier and they're constantly coming out with some cool cool features as well to try and help the artists it seems so um yeah i'm very i'm i'm very grateful for what i do and uh the time we live in in a way like i mean this sort of music especially you know back in the 80s you're not going to be selling cds realistically of this you might be licensing it to a spa or something or a yeah yeah you know libraries and stuff isn't it library music you know yeah, you're not going to be making a living from this sort of music at all, you know? Or, or, or maybe to say the number of people who were able to was mm. an absolute fraction of what it is now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so, yeah, I'm very pro-Spotify in that sense, you know. Um, you know same, they, yeah. they pay my rent. So let's, let's, let's get into um, the Spotify thing. We're going to be talking about how you can utilize it as an artist because again what rod was alluding to and what you've just said as well is people don't i don't i really don't think people actually understand what it is it is not a record store Mm. you know it's it's very much to me anyway how i view and how it operates as a user not as an artist how it operates as a user is to me it's you it's like going to the library when you're a kid and you go and rent a book for a week mm. and then you get it back did the owner of the book get upset about that no they'd be like someone there's people reading my books yeah right? yeah people there's people yeah. that are reading my books gaining fans and they go do you know what? i love that book so much i might go and buy a copy or i might go and see what other stuff they have to me that's um, um, how it works and at the front desk of a library you'd go this week's hottest picks you know the new, the new, <laughs> yeah, exactly. new, yeah. new, new fiction new fantasy um, new biographies autobiographies so for me I view the interface of Spotify with that with that premise in mind and it's a system that has worked for quite a long time as, as a library to me yeah. it's, it's a system that doesn't need to be fixed because the 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 premise and the practice of that already work so you open the app just as like you're going to a storefront and you'd go right let's it it know this library is not only just catered for the world this is catered to me as an individual Mm. it knows all my all my likes and dislikes it's fantastic so i go hmm what you know it's nine o'clock in the morning i'm about about to go to the gym i want some want some metal what's the latest metal it goes here you go check these out and you go like yes i will bang and you're in Mm. i don't understand where the issue lies really as an artist where someone goes how's that a bad thing yeah i guess it's just people it's just the mentality isn't it it's just Mm. about changing mentalities really um towards it um that's a great way of putting it though I hadn't really thought of that until a few weeks ago when I saw a comment somewhere of someone saying they don't like borrowing music. And I was like, oh yeah, it kind of, kind of is borrowing music in a way. You're paying a monthly subscription, you know, just like, just like you say, but you know, um, I, I always like, if I, um, if I really like an artist, I'll, I'll buy their vinyl anyway. I've got like quite an extensive vinyl collection, you know, mm. and, uh, you know, and, and I like, having uh something tangible 
to hold. But like, I mean, I think I can't remember uh, what it was. I think I'd listened to, I'd also listened to as well as like vinyls and stuff, like a hundred and fifty thousand minutes worth of music on my Spotify Wrapped. I saw like last year, you know. So yeah. and the scope for discovery is absolutely incredible. I think personally, totally. Yeah, I think I think the the thing that's really interesting as well is is not just people misunderstanding you know as artists kind of how spotify can benefit them but also as listeners you know you obviously you know if you go on social media you'll be and, and you're into music you'll be inundated by requests from bands to listen to something and make sure you like it and blah 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 and it's like i i, I understand a lot of listeners will be like oh you know stop telling me what to do like you know it just seems like a bit of a, a stress but the irony is is it's actually as a listener if you play the spotify game if you put stuff in your own playlists if you like the tracks if you follow the artists what you're actually doing is you're feeding it with the information for it to make better recommendations for you um, so i think there's got to be some you know and as you know as, as, as a person who's doing you know originals themselves and very much in more of the old-fashioned like band way like i have to think about you know how we market things to kind of maybe get that positive side across to to, to people as well that you know it, it's not just of course it's great when you listen to me you know i get my ego boost and but it but it really does help those bands um reach new people and you know you you will get a lot of people um who will go oh you know what i don't use the streaming platforms because i want to support the artists well, actually, what you have to think about is this is a marketing platform, essentially, you know, and actually you think you're doing the artist good by, well, I bought the CD, I played it in my car. Okay, great. The artist got, you know, 10 pounds. Brilliant. But if you were, you know, doing all those listens in Spotify, you're giving the, you know, that algorithm data that is going to say people like X, like music, like Y, you know, and, and are connecting with it and resonating with it. Why don't we blast that music to more people that fit the profile? And it's like, everyone has to play the game together for it to really, really work. And I think, you know, I'm, I, you know, my band is very much in this sort of like alternative rock, new wave of classic rock genre, where there is a lot of pushback against Spotify and the streamers and, and, and whatever. But then you wonder why those artists aren't getting the same level of exposure on the on the platform because like you said it's a worldwide thing it isn't just you know it, it's people all around the world from all different cultures from all different age groups as well you know who's to say you know 18 year old kids don't like music that you know is being listened to on cds by 35 to 50 year olds exactly we're never going to find that out if we don't play the game yeah hugely man it's <clears throat> i think the thing that um that upsets people mainly is that they seem to think that spotify don't pay artists which first of all let's just bust that myth is that is just not the case at all spotify never pay artists now and i'll tell you this why is because they don't have the licensing deal to direct to the artist spotify was formulated off the big three record labels um by licensing the music so spotify have to give all the money out to the to the master rights holders, which is the three labels, and then independence, secondary. That's how it works. That's how the license agreement works. So it goes like that, and then like that. <clears throat> if you're in the top camp, you're going to get a massive cut of your money disappearing. Not from Spotify. Spotify are not taking money from you. They're, they have to pay out first. And these people at the top, i.e. the labels, whether that's a big label or a small label, they take their cut and that's fine. That's what part of the label contracts are about, yada, yada. But if you're an independent artist, you don't have, you don't have any of that to worry about. So the money that Spotify shell out, you get all of it. Now, a friend of mine, big um, publisher guy, I remember eight years ago, he, he said this amazing little line to me and it really made me stop and think. He said, if you are not earning money from Spotify or any streaming services, then you've either got a shit deal or no one's listening to your music. 
and it's one of those things where I was like, <laughs> absolutely right. You cannot argue that because if you aren't getting any listeners, you aren't going to get paid. It's as simple as that. Same thing is you ain't going to get paid from a show if no one comes through the door. You ain't going to be getting merch money if no one's buying your merch, right? So if more people listen to your music, the more money you're going to get. It's a very simple de facto on that, <laughs> you know? So I think when people get upset about it, you've got to think of it. And it's very, the, th the thing that my gripe is with that stuff is, is it's, it's extremely black and white. There's no mm. mystique around it. That's the facts, you know? And um, when my old band, the Rocket Dolls was doing well, it was doing all right. It was had, it had what, it was 55,000 monthly listeners. It was doing fine. You know, obviously that was years ago now and what have you. It's not relevant or what have you. And a lot of the main core base fans bought it on physical copy. But later on down the line, how's that how's that benefiting me or the or the people that are in the band? So something interesting, you know, I saw in one of you know, and, and one of the, one of the things I think Spotify do really well is they do like the fan studies and they and they, you know, for, for people that are really going in depth in their Spotify for artists and you know, and keeping track of what they're doing, they actually provide a lot of really inf useful information for artists to, you know, to make, to make, you know, career decisions on, uh, essentially. Going back to the super fans, right? There was a study that basically said, I think, you know, 30% of the fans listen to 70% of the streams. You know, it's, it's the people who are constantly going back. Now, you know, just, just thinking about it, you buy a CD, that's 10 quid. That's it, it's done, right? You get your ten pounds. You know you've had to pay for the CD to be made. The question is: is yeah an ultra fan who's going to listen and listen and listen? You get revenue every time they listen. Now it might take a hell of a lot of streams to get to that ten pound, but when you're talking about a super fan, that they they might actually listen that many times. What what a thousand streams is like three quid or three to five three to five pound. Is that about right? Yeah, it's it's 233 streams for the sale of one digital download. So, you it's know, somebody, yeah, so somebody, somebody who's like piling in the streams over time may actually generate you more revenue by listening. Plus, they're feeding the algorithm with the information that the algorithm wants. And that is, is, you know, like I said, you listen to your CD in the car, you know, unless unless, you know, you're a cab driver and you're putting on the track. And you're talking to everyone like, oh, by the way, this is, you know, this is Billy Joe. He's got some music out. You should listen, right? Yeah. What is that playing doing? Doing, But those regular listeners who listen to you, who subscribe to your playlists, who, you know, they're, they're actually spreading the word without having to spread the word. You know, it's turning every, every listener potentially into an influencer without them knowing. At the end of the day, it all comes down to marketing, I think. You know, um, <clears throat> like, especially, I can only really speak within my genre, uh, but especially within my genre, it's very faceless. You know, no one really knows who I am, apart from when, like, the the odd times, you know, a friend of mine has, like, you know, been listening and been like, you know, I think, you know, someone said just a few days ago, they were like, oh, I was studying and I was like, oh, I like this track. I looked at my phone and it was you. <laughs> like, i was like oh cool um but yeah you know but then they couldn't remember what the track was called or anything you know and that's fine because it, it, it's it has the style of music it, it just sort of comes and goes and you don't really know who you're listening to because it's on the background and so at the end to, for, for me to get streams and have people still listening i need to promote myself on like tiktok and like um use on social media and it's mainly through like like playlists as well they're really helpful that's just, that's playlists are basically the new radio i think yeah exactly right. yeah and so you just listen you promote your you're essentially promoting your radio station with you know with a bit of your music on you know you're in charge of that radio station you get to choose what's playing you know and yeah, like you said, maybe, maybe it is a sort of influencer style deal there. You know, you're influencing that genre then. 
aren't you? Because you're you've got lots of people on that playlist or whatnot. And if you promote that playlist or that radio station, essentially, you know, to, you know, 30,000 people or something, they'll listen to that. And most people have like, like radio stations, they'll have their radio station or playlist they tune into every day, you know, and they'll listen to the same one, especially with that kind of genre. So at the end of the day, I think, you know, it's just all marketing, all marketing at the end of the day. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but people yeah. forget how much of of all of the I guess the entertainment industry is marketing, you know. Yeah. You look at you look at movie, you know movie comes out costs 100 million dollars to make. Yeah, and then another 100 million to market it. You yeah. Know? yeah. I mean yeah. I've had I've had so many times, you know, uh, um with with you know having been in the music industry for a really, really long time and understanding how this works, you know, we, we had a situation in our band where we made a decision uh, on a record to kind of go with uh, like a quite high profile mixer. And I was like, Oh, that means it's the green light that we're going to have to put a lot more money in. Whereas, you know, some of the other guys in the band were like, what do you mean we need to put more money in? We've just paid for this mixer. And I'm like, yeah, but the more you put in to produce something, the more you need to spend to market it. Otherwise there's no point in spending the money to make it you know that's why you know if you're in the rock and what rock and roll world if rick rubin decides to produce the album everyone's rubbing their hands because you know the money's going to go around to 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 get this uh get this album off the ground now because you know you've got you've got all these big guys in if you you can hire rick rubin but if you don't if you don't market the record no one's gonna listen to it exactly it's, it's like an indie label versus a major label you know uh, an indie band will uh, you know essentially you know not all the time sometimes there's some breakthroughs but they won't be as popular as someone signed on on a, on a major label you know to like universal music or something you know they're gonna be like huge compared to someone i don't know well actually a lot of the indie labels have been um cannibalized but yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say Roadrunner, but then I was like, oh, actually, I don't think Roadrunner's as big now, is it? Or is it, is it still a thing, Roadrunner? Roadrunner's is still a thing. It is in Road the Runner. US, but the UK branch closed. Uh, okay. I thought, I thought you, I thought, I don't know, I might be, I might be completely off on this, but I think Roadrunner's part of the Universal Music Group now. I think, I think it, it is. I think, it is. I think it's all, yeah. that's what I mean. All, all the indie labels they used to be have all been, yeah, kind of bought off. I, year, years ago, you know, I was on I was on Warner Bros, and it was like, well, we're just dis- so you, you've been signed by Warner's, and it's like, you know, they're basically looking at you as a band and going, well, which of our labels should we put you out on? You know, if we were more indie, it would have been Rough Trade, Do you know. And it's like, you know, that used to be the cornerstone of everything independent, and it's you know, it's one of the biggest, not just biggest record labels, it's one of the biggest media organizations in the world that's essentially, you know, standing at the top of it. It's, it's it's a bit crazy, really. Yeah, I mean, well, interestingly, I think Spotify has opened up the world of indie labels again because you do the, the, like you don't have to have the big label so much anymore, you know, because people are using Spotify to market their labels as well now. So, yeah. you know, and again, using that whole like playlist, uh, you know, radio thing, and then contacts you make because it's all at the end of the day, it's all about marketing and like you know, like I said, and like networking you know yeah. uh, but so and i think i think that's a great thing i think you know it's opened it up to so much more like indie and independent like self-owned labels from what you've said there it, it all you know you, you've kind of you kind of hinted on this but it's almost like the artist the label the record uh, sorry the the radio station they're all almost becoming like the same thing and they're all kind of you know there's a, it feels like there's a lot more potential to be artist led when that, that hasn't been the case for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. That's especially, but that's definitely the case in, in my, it, or, or, or in my experience. Um, I, I don't have any external, <laughs> you know, like I don't have a manager. Sometimes I wish I did, um, <laughs> like, you know, um, or a label telling me what to do, you know, and like I said, you know, that can be a good thing, you know, but cause you have to be a bit more disciplined, you know, you, you have to be like, right, I definitely going to the studio today. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not just going to sit inside and play Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> but like, um, 
yeah so you have to just you just be more disciplined without the label don't you but um yeah it's very much like in my experience i do everything um you know i have a few songs out with some some uh you know some in, independent cell phone labels but again it's the same for them they do they're like a small team you know and they do everything you know like um you know but but then a lot of the times you know you still do your own promo for that yeah. and stuff like that you know they just have like um you know the network and uh and work like that so so you know like a, i led like that in that way a lot of the time but i i love that i love i, I love how like independent like independent it is i i just don't like people telling me what to do really like yeah. <laughs> about it <laughs> just well, some something that really came to mind actually is you know you, you i guess you know within especially the genre that that you're within it feels like you know a, a version of its own industry has has kind of popped up and you know there are people who who are able to support themselves and are making careers in, in this way and it to me it kind of parallels a little bit with like you know what you're seeing what, what we've seen in the last 10 years with like youtubers and we're getting to the point where you know let's say you know like a big youtuber like mr beast and people are like well when is he going to get a tv show it's like well no he's not he's in control of what it is he's doing mm -hmm. On, on YouTube and it kind and of feels quite yeah exactly and it kind of feels quite similar with the the musicians like yourself who've really um, embraced what Spotify can do for them as individuals and you know it makes you think well why would I go after a, a you know a record deal and then what have a bunch of people you know focus grouping telling me what I should do when I've got to where I am now and I'm on a trajectory where I'm in control. I'm not taking orders from anyone. I'm creating the art that I want to create and I'm getting the money direct. So why do I need to go for that old school way of doing things? Because this feels like maybe this is actually the future of, of the music industry or a future of part of the music industry. Absolutely. But, you know, um, I love being, what I love about it is I, I'm a bit of a free agent. So I've been doing yeah. it for like three or four years now, like three and a half years, I think. And, um, you know, I've got a bit of a network now and I can maybe be a bit like, oh, okay, I've got this track for this, this label. And then I've got another track, which might be for this label, but I'm not like, I can't, you know, and like, they all have their contacts there. They have their contacts there. And I can just be like, oh, okay. Like, I, I love that about like, just being like, oh yeah, you know, I can just get on with it and just like, and just be like oh okay like do you like the song and then they put it out using like their their contacts and whatnot and then and vice versa so it's just like i'm not bound to sort of like one label you know where one song might not do as well as the other song you know i can literally just choose it's great but at the same time um you know uh it would be i don't know um kind of nice when you've got the security they normally give you like a deal don't they and mm. you've got that but doing it all on your own um the only downfall is like you know it is a volatile income at the end of the day you know like one day it can just shoot up and the next day it can shoot back down you know just as easy that's that's the only problem of doing it like that but um but yeah at the same time like i said you know also don't like being told what to do so <laughs> so you know um yeah it's interesting when you said it because um what's popped into my head is when um we were getting into november last year um we're towards the end of november sorry into the you know harsh winter season you were like beware that november end of november into the january season this style of music has a massive drop off because Chris. obviously, you know, like, like all most genres, people are like, Oh, where's yeah. Mariah Carey gone? <laughs> you know, yeah. so obviously the focus is different, of course. You know, you've got to get some sleigh bells on some of the tracks, you know, <laughs> you've got to, you've got to do a, some instrumental version of like Frosty the Snowman or something, you know. Lots of people do that. There is, there is scope to do that in this, in this industry. Like you know, said, there is scope to be able to, um, you know, um, 
one of uh, Riffyard Media's uh, journalists, Nick, Nick J. Townsend, did a thing about um, song types last year. And one of them, mm-hmm. he was joking about seasonal songs. He was like, you know, you've got to write songs for seasons and stuff. It's a satirical piece. It's quite funny. But on the flip side of that, in this genre, you damn right be writing music seasonally. You know, yeah. you don't you don't put something sad out in the summer. You know, you you'll still want people to be able to, you know, because like this this. I suppose coming back to what I think Rod was saying before about writing specifically for certain things, you don't want to write specifically for it, but at the same time, you go actually there's a good playlist here called like summer vibes or something <laughs> you know summer meditative vibes or something like that so you go it would be cool if i could get a track on that mm. so let me have a look through my catalog of songs somewhere i'm sure there'll be something that i could you know spruce up a bit and aim for that you know that's kind of the lovely thing about it but again comes back to that secondary point if you were governed by someone you might not be able to have those choices. Mm. So you are your, you know, it is tougher. You know, there's there's more on more on the plate to do. But I've had I've had management and you know, uh, I think three times in my career. Um I've had like PR deals out my ass at some point and you know, label interest and stuff. And really the most happiest time and the most positive creative time is when I've had none of it. Mm. That's when I've been at my optimum as an artist, actually. I mean, obviously, I've ne- I haven't been in someone like Rod's shoes where you've signed to bloody Warners and shit, but like, <laughs> you yeah, know, um, crazy. <laughs> yeah. But you know, for me, that's when I, I, it's been at my at my optimum. And of course, you got you got the control over the distribution as well when you're in this thing. So um, f- for me, I don't know what you guys use, but I use DistroKid. And I like that it has a direct tie with Spotify. Yeah. And it makes it a lot easier to work with um, some of the artist liaisons at Spotify, who are great, by the way, for that stuff, you know. So it's interesting, all that, especially the seasonal thing. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, going back to something you said about the marketing, like reminisce, I'm currently uh, marketing as like a chill summer sit around the campfire find a track you know and marketing it that way like especially on tiktok because i mean tiktok's like a wild west of marketing like yeah (laughs) i I still haven't (laughs) i still haven't really got to grips with that so i'm trying some new things with that but i I mean in terms of like yeah the dip at christmas as well like i don't have christmas songs so to speak but i did a, a great collaboration with a pianist called uh, Thomas Irwin and we named it Falling Snow because it came out around December and it's got a bit of a jazzy vibe to it um, and that gets a bit more streams around that time of year and then I've also got another one um, I wrote with my partner actually but then I um, uh, it's like an acoustic with a viola over it um, but I reimagined it as well as like a, recently just as a electric guitar piece and it because because uh the viola um top line melody um she wrote it's, it's just a really nice melody um so it has this cool like jazzy warm vibe to it and so that seemed to do quite well over christmas as well because it had like that jazzy kind of wintery cozy feel it, and it, i think i said something similar earlier it's just it's, it's interesting you know like with naming tracks like yeah. it's like how with this sort of stuff like how how it just works with one thing and you'd think you could just name it anything but you can't really it's like oh that's no, not really a springtime song it's like more of a wintery vibe i'll release it in december you know and which is really crazy if you think about it because it is just at the end of the day just instrumental and it could be anything it's just how it sounds in the back of your head if you're a young musician or an artist and you want to make a career so you want to earn your living from making music what would your advice be yeah oh it's cliche but it's hard work and determination really uh, I, I mean i know that's like just really cliche to say but you know it's just just cliche for a reason mate. promote yourself just 
just keep pushing, uh, keep trying to stay ahead of the curve, especially in today's modern world, you know, where it is just changing like month after month after month, you know, like how you promote yourself. And like, like I said, I can't, I can't work out TikTok yet still, you know, I feel a bit old, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, and just oh, don't fall for those, especially don't fall for those, I'll get you loads of streams for 50 quid. You know, you <laughs> all the time. There are like, I, I, I've never done that ever myself. It's keep it completely organic all the time. Organic. Absolutely. You know, those people are just trying to make it. There's no get rich quick scheme. You know, there's no like, oh, you know, I'm going to get a hundred thousand streams. You know, if someone is saying that to you, they're talking utter bollocks and you should tell them to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Fuck <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that that's great. I think um, if, if you're looking at numbers, right, if you concentrate on the numbers on Spotify, I think you can look at the numbers being low as I'm failing. Mm. I think it's very, very easy to go. Oh, I've only got, I've only got 50 monthly listeners or I've only got a thousand monthly listeners. I've only got 10,000. However, I think it's, if you, if you have more than a hundred monthly listeners, I think you're in the top, I think it's like the top 10% of Spotify as as a, as an artist because there's that many artists and there's that many new songs being uploaded again some people go you know in fact actually i hear this a lot especially in the uk actually and it always gripes me where people go oh there's a hundred thousand songs being uploaded every day to spotify and you've got to compete with that and it's like you're not competing with a if you think you're competing with a hundred thousand songs a day you're a fucking moron because you're not. What you're competing with is probably other people in your genre at best. You're not competing with... If you're releasing a fucking grindcore metal song, right? You ain't competing with someone who's putting together a kid's ABC playlist. <laughs> well, you, know? you know? You never know how these micro genres sort of develop. <laughs> I, know, I know what you mean. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, you're not competing with that. We are, it, that's, that is a mentality of people saying you've got to write song because uh, a great song that needs to, you know, I know we're kind of talking not as much as the instrumental stuff predominantly right now. But if, you know, if you're releasing a rock song, people are like, yeah, well, if, even if you're on a new rock um, show uh, on a Monday night at 10 o'clock, you're still competing with Foo Fighters. Yeah, that might be on radio, but this ain't fucking radio, mate. This is, this is not that. It's not that. This is its own thing. Yeah, okay, there's a hundred thousand songs being uploaded to Spotify every day. But you know, that if if you know it's the same thing with YouTube, right? You know, we really we we release material once a week at least. We're competing with thousands upon thousands, hundreds of thousands of videos, shorts on various other platforms. Doesn't deter me from putting it up. You just have to keep you know, this is a bit wet, but you do have to stay true to yourself as an artist, regardless of whatever art medium you're on. See, can just... I come in there and sort of disagree with you a little bit? Right. Sorry? I, I just want to come in there and slightly disagree with you, but this pulls back to Billy Joe, something you were saying about, like, I just don't like being told what to do. Like, mm -hmm. I, want to, I want to represent myself. I want to do my own thing. So the thing I'll throw back at you is, back in the day, right, and I've been in this position where you will have, you know, a record label. They're, they're, they've got the expertise, right? They're telling you what it is you need to do, right? If you do exactly what they ask you to do and it doesn't connect, you're gone. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And, and something that, you, you know, that I got from you, Billy, is like, I want to be the master of my own destiny. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can put something out and it can fail, but it's what I wanted to put out as opposed to what some suit has told me is going to connect because I tell you what, there are hundreds, you know, thousands of bands, countless bands who would have played the game. They've done exactly what the label, the manager, whatever has said, right. And it might've actually gone against their best judgment. It might've gone against their instinct, 
and they failed and they're out. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Much better yeah. to sort of, you know, fall on your own sword. But what's interesting actually yeah. is that to juxtapose that, you are kind of dealing with a boss. You're dealing with someone who's telling you what to do and that's your audience. Mm. But, you know, I don't think an artist has an issue, right? Getting their cues from the audience. And that's what these things like, you know, like Spotify give you so much data. They give you so much to work off of, of what is it that my listeners want from me? Because as an artist, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. There's either I'm an artist and everyone has to just, you know, I'll put stuff out there and it's, you know, it's up to them whether they like it or not, which I don't get the vibe is how you feel about this. <laughs> Probably is more how I feel about things, which is like, you want to build an audience and you know, it's a give and take. You want to build that relationship. You want to develop that kind of understanding with the audience. And, you know, you want to keep them happy and they want to keep you happy and, 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 you, and you kind of grow together. So I guess what I'm trying to say is all of this technology, all of these things, they're actually allowing that the artist to have that di direct connection and to develop these strategies, you know, to find their direction, you know, themselves, you know, and be the master of their own destiny. Did that make sense? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. I, I always try as an artist to, uh, I've always said this, integrity first. Just, mm -hmm. just, you know, just don't, like, uh, not, I don't want to say conform, because that's not what I mean, but like uh, uh, another word for that <laughs> kind of thing. Don't, don't like just write whatever people want you to write, have integrity, but, you know, you've also got to bear in mind that your music needs to resonate with the listener. You know, you've, it's all about, music is all about feeling, you know, and if your music doesn't resonate with the listener, you're not going to get any streams. I've had, I've had music, I thought, oh, this is great, this is going to be my best track, like, you know, it's going to get on loads of editorials and stuff, and it's got like 20 streams, <laughs> you know, and it's like, um, you know, but that's because that track resonated with me, but didn't resonate with the audience, you know, and it, it's the same with, with promo at the end of the day as well. Like, um, there's, it's, there's, like you say, you know, I think you said earlier, you know, like people were saying, oh, listen to this, listen to this out now, listen to this. And I feel like even with that level of mark, like level of marketing now, it's, it's, it's best to not even tell the audience your track is out essentially it's just like it's more of a like kind of because there's so many bands there's so many artists in the world now and and uh which is absolutely brilliant you know that more and more people are doing music mm. and whatnot but you know uh, the other side of the coin for that is like you know like i said you've got to resonate with uh, with your audience so it's almost kind of like you know you've got to kind of be like oh how does this make you feel rather than like this song makes me feel like this and it's out now you know like you've kind of got to try and does that make sense or am yeah, I yeah absolutely yeah no 100 percent. i think it feels like just across whether it's whether it's um you know youtubers whether it's movies whether it's music it what connects is like we're in the era of authenticity. Mm. You know, everyone who's successful has an air of authenticity about themselves or any, let's say anyone who's just blown up, you know, and has, has that perfect balance of, you know, having a connection with their audience while at the same time being kind of true to themselves, because now more than ever, that connection the audience has made with you is because they like, what it is that you are as opposed to this product that maybe you know a, a bunch of people have have kind of put together and pushed out into the world because that's the hardest thing to maintain you know if you if you're if you're essentially representative of an act or of a persona that isn't you it's very hard to keep doing that exactly and people nowadays with social media and stuff they will eventually see through it it's, it's all about keeping your integrity um, as an artist, I think, you know, and I, I, I think you said something, Nick, even like, you know, people who think they're competing against 100,000 songs uploaded a day, I will go further and say no one is competing, whether it be 100,000, 200,000 or a million songs a day being uploaded. No one's competing because we're all 
musicians, we all have the same end goal. We all started in the same place, you know. Yeah. We are all in the same boat, you know. Everyone has the same end goal. It's, you know, you're a team. It's a team effort in a way, you know. Like, it doesn't make sense or it, it's, you know, you know, it's, you know, you're all in the same boat. So just be real, you know. Like, we're no one's, you know... Well, I guess you're bigger in in the sense you get paid more money these days, but because it's so accessible to release your music, I've always just thought, you know, you know, no egos and just just everyone is in the same boat and just like you're not competing. You're just, you know, yeah, you, you know. I, I saw someone just like some people just, you know, even in the genre I'm in, like you know, like when you're talking about other people, they. which I thought was quite a nice way of putting it. You know, you're not competing. You, you, your colleagues, you you're working say that, together. Say that again, dude, because you cut out. Uh, <laughs> I, said, I, I heard someone say once before, you know, um, how, you know, you, you, you know, your, your colleagues in, in, in music, you know, you're not competing, your colleagues, you know, you like, we're all just, yeah just working towards the same goal so why why be why have any egos why you know uh, think you're competing i think when you start thinking you're competing is when you start losing yeah <laughs> a little bit yeah like <laughs> maybe not as strong as losing but just like yeah just sort of lose it like yeah just yeah like losing your way a little bit maybe even just yeah. like you know you know like but you know can always bring it back up <laughs> but yeah cool man i think uh, i think that's a good place to kind of yeah absolutely um so billy you got a new track coming out and in fact actually got new track across um tell us you've got three different um artist names that you put music out on yeah so i've got uh, my main billy joe uh, which is where uh, Reminisce is coming out. Uh, that's more like just like the acoustic stuff you heard, you know, solo acoustic. And then I've got a more um, meditative, uh, more electric synth-based project uh, called A Slower Tempo. So that's all the synth stuff and uh, whatnot and electric guitar. And then I've got a smaller uh, lo-fi-based project called The Art of Doing Nothing amazing <laughs> great ass name so your next stuff is out on the 14th 14th yeah and from then on you've got music coming out every two weeks until june pretty much yeah <laughs> That's yeah not between all those projects though so it's not just all on like yeah yeah of course yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah but yeah that would be well, balls to the wall. Fucking hell. You mentioned yeah. three. Yeah. yeah. More than one a week. <laughs> yeah. People do it and it's it's crazy because they have like more than one, a lot of people have more than one project in this genre. And it is crazy inspiring how they do it. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it's amazing. I, I mean, I, like I said, I love writing, but I wish, you know, I could write like that consistently. I think yeah. the most I've done is 25 releases in one year. But, that's uh, amazing <laughs> but that's amazing yeah, i'm trying to beat it this year <laughs> nice good luck to it man and um, yeah, man. everyone at rifard is we got your back man as soon as uh, it comes out we'll be helping you out and you know we've got a track that's gonna we're gonna be collaborating on soon so hopefully that will come out at some point and yeah yeah <laughs> and thank you you know to me as an artist you know you, you're the one that um helped me get my ass into gear and get into this genre and you know it's it's been an absolute fabulous journey so far you know uh, so thank you man it's a no massive man. inspiration to me it's been amazing and also we're, we're all in the same boat man like i said we're all in the same boat totally know? man totally it's help <laughs> each other man it's help each yeah, other it's exactly. good um divides so, <laughs> yeah, absolutely so guys make sure you go and check out billy joe and his other projects they're fantastic thanks for rod for always being my man on my side, or in fact, I'm probably going to be. I don't know if I'm above you right now. If I'm look, I, I could be looking at you right now. You're actually to my side. Yeah, there I go, and Billy Joe's just slightly below me here. 
But um, <laughs> guys, thank you for watching and listening as always. Um, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. And we'll see you soon. Oh, wrong out. There we go. Bye. <laughs>